Blog Talk Radio. Tuesday evening as we get ready to talk a little bit about what's happened this past week in racing and, of course, what's going to happen there in the future. Uh, all the big stories and all can be found here tonight on Race Chat Live. Glad to have each of y'all a part of the program. Uh, let me bring in my partner in crime, Ms. Lee Reed. How are you, Ms. Lee? I think uh, we should be getting you in now. There we go. Yep, I'm hey, here. Ms. Reed. All right, glad to have I'm you on board good. here. I guess we'll be waiting on our other partner in crime, Chaz Taylor. Uh, yep, he's got terror duty. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, another weekend of racing. We're inch a little bit closer to the playoffs. Um, you know, there's some guys out looking outside, looking in. There's a, uh, you know other drivers who can uh, basically control their own destiny. I think that uh, Chase Elliott comes to mind when I speak of a driver who may can control his own destiny and make his way into the playoffs via a win. Of course, there is always the crapshoot at the super speedway races. That would be Daytona. Daytona, uh, yeah. Cut off race to the playoffs. I mean, um, there's a few drivers right here that I'm I'm kind of looking at, you know, Chris, uh, Chris, uh, Bubba Wallace, Michael McDowell, Chase Elliott, AJ Allmendinger, uh, Daniel Suarez. Those names are all in the hat. Of course, uh, 
There'll be some other drivers that I think are capable, definitely capable of winning um, such a crapshoot. And, Miss Lee, I mean, when we talk about Daytona, you know, it's a craft there, right? I mean, it's uh, Ricky Stenhouse has already raced his way in. He's, he's a craft racer, right? Uh, right. One driver that comes to mind is really, really good at super speedways. Michael McDowell, who's on the cusp. Um, a pretty good uh, Daytona 500 winner. Pretty good super right. speedway right. racer. We've got Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace, he's won in Talladega. It seems like every time he gets a win, they're outside the playoffs. This guy can't win before the playoffs. He can't win to get into the playoffs. Not sure if he's right. going to be uh, everybody's darling and sweetheart rolling into this. Um, between Daniel Suarez and Bubba Wallace, I mean, you know, one of them's definitely going to go. One of them, when I mean go, I mean go home. I'm uh, not going to make right. it. Uh, not going to hit that 17th, uh, that 16th uh, playoff spot. Um, this weekend, of course, Miss Lee, we had uh, some really good races. Um, I think the Truck Series put on a great race. The Xfinity Series, without a doubt. Man, yeah, that yeah. reminded me of the old Brad Keselowski chasing down Marcus Ambrose at Watkins Glen. A guy by the name of Sage Kareem. Karim, Sage Karim, Karim, yeah. Hey, uh, the kid put on a clinic. Like I, I was expecting him to wash up in the closing laps, and he did. He he mowed the grass one time, and it cost him. Uh, but uh, you know, outside of that, uh, the Xfinity Series is man, that was just an amazing race. Uh, Richmond, you know, I, I heard it compared Miss Lee to a Formula One race. It's like NASCAR's Formula One race. In hmm. Richmond, and it does kind of feel that way, does it not, Miss Lee? I mean, you know, it's kind of typically a strategy race, a fuel mileage. We watched what Martin Truex Jr. did, of course. The, uh, I mean, imagine if he had had fresh tires during all that. Like, did we did we cancel Martin Truex Jr. out of a win? I know that he was behind on the first scheduled pit stops, right? He was he was marked mm-hmm. somewhere in the back. I think something happened there on the opening maybe the opening laps of the race that kind of set him back. Uh, but outside of that, the the whole two-pit strategy, um, I just don't know if it worked to his benefit. He obviously had a fast enough car to stay from going a lap down there. At the end, just kind of one, you wonder what he could have done with fresher tires, right? I mean, uh, right. obviously this guy, MTJ, is the uh, – he seems to be the name most spoken of at this point in time this week. What do you think about MTJ maybe being a favorite as we roll into the playoffs? Well, he, you know, he has the potential. He's, you know, he's got this whole new attitude thing going. Um, you know, I he he could. I mean, he, if you look the past couple of years, you know, he's he's done pretty well. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm still waiting to see how the next few races play out, and you know we'll, we'll see from there. But you know he could potentially be a spoiler. Right. Right, and I believe so. I I would definitely have him uh, in the top four right now. If I were to decide who would be at Phoenix in the playoffs, I would 
most definitely have MTJ uh, penciled in. And that's something I look forward to next week. I believe next week we're going to make uh, – uh, some bold predictions. Uh, mark your calendars for that because that should get wild. Um, so, you know, the race was dominated by Ford, RFK. Uh, I, I, I don't know uh, when the last time that we could say Ford come in and dominated a race. I, I don't have that marked on my bingo card this year. Uh, as a matter of fact, I right. felt like Ford was three three manufacturers off from the best. Like, so that would mean Toyota, Chevrolet, Chevrolet, and then Ford, um, because it definitely seems like there's two different Chevrolet engine departments out there, which it is. It's ECR and, of course, Hendrick Motorsports. They, they are two separate engine programs, unlike the other guys, uh, which is Ford, uh, which is uh, uh, Yates, uh, Roush Yates Racing, and um, um, uh, Toyota, which is all run by TRD, for those who are maybe not as up to par to uh, – some of this is what, what we are, so we'll make sure that we clarify uh, that. And what I meant by that, you know, that basically Ford has been back of the pack, stinking up the show, uh, found on the road dead, uh, all the uh, funny little things that you could come up with for Ford. But let me tell you something. Something happened. Something clicked. And we've been watching this. RFK has actually made our show. We have talked about RFK, I would say, Miss Lee, for what, 10 weeks straight? Absolutely. Yeah. So this is no. Yeah. This is no. Uh, drop the. Dro- you know. Drop the mic. We couldn't believe this happened. Uh, this come out of nowhere. I don't believe that's anything that uh, that that fits the description of what we've seen. You know, we've talked all this negative press about SHR, right? And and they can't hit. A, they can't hit on a lick. Um, Penske seems off in left field somewhere looking at Dandelion. And <laughs> uh, here's huh. RFK, you know, forging ahead, making making gains every week. This was Brad Kevlowski's race to win, Miss Lee. Go ahead. Even, even the, the national coverage is talking about the difference that Brad Keselowski has made at RFK. And his leadership and his skills and his um, mentorship abilities. You know, look, I mean, just look at what Chris Busher's done. Chris has always been a talented driver. But look at how far he's come since Brad got involved with RFK. You men. know, and now he's locked. Now he's locked into the playoffs. Right. Which he had a considerable uh, lead there going in. I believe uh, you know a hundred plus points to the good. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of fines, most fines are a hundred points. So you know, um, he he's definitely definitely looking good. I think Brad's looking good. We didn't get to see a lot last year. The improvements didn't seem as relevant. I should say. Because Brad Keselowski had that 100-point penalty given to him pretty early in the season there, completely ruined uh, the 2022 race season. And, and, and what I mean by ruined is, Ms. Lee, it covered up the positive effects, the actual progressive movement uh, that RFK uh, was making, the gains they were making were, were right. not as but, relevant last year. We've seen, right, we've but, seen but times we, of, of promise, right? Uh, 
We noticed it. We saw it. But it was also, it was a team building year. Right. You know, so we're seeing the cumulative effect of that this year. I agree. I agree. The cumulative effect has definitely been in the positive direction. And this team, this team right here, watch out. Richmond has a lot of similarities uh, to Phoenix. And I think that uh, cars that were particularly strong here at Richmond may very well have a a good fighting chance in Phoenix. So uh, we'll see how going through the uh, the playoffs, how this, you know, works in the favor of Brad and, and Chris Busher. I expect these two teams to work very close together. Like, you're not going to see one team throwing uh, one thing and then the other team doing the opposite to see where they hit. I think that these, these teams will, will run, they will live together, and they will, or they will die together, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Whatever's in one car is going to be in the other, and they're going to try to push their way through. The, the, the team, you know, if there was ever an Underbird moment rolling into the playoffs, if there was ever that moment where the little guy seems to have a really, really good chance, I think that, that light is shining on RFK right now, Miss Lee. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I I, I would not be surprised to see at least one of their cars in the final four. Wow. That's 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 a bold prediction, right? You said something mm-hmm. earlier about mentors. And and I and we've got to go on, we've got to take up the next subject. I wish Taz would hurry up and get his ass in here. Um, <laughs> um So we we talked about you said something about mentorship. You know, Brad Kislowski's owned the team before and it was a pretty successful team. As a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, can you believe that? Like the guys had an eye yeah. for talent for a while, and, right. and Ryan Blaney drove for him too. So there you go. Right. I mean, let's let's be let's let's be loud and clear, right? Ryan Blaney, Tyler Reddick, these guys, these cat daddies have come through uh, BKR, Brad Keselowski Racing. I believe there's been a couple of others as well. Even Ross Chastain, maybe. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to steal the deal on that, but. I, I, there is another hot driver that, that's ca- that's capable of winning on Sunday now that, that fits that, and I'm, I'm just I, I'm at a loss right now. But anyway, when he was coming up through Junior Motorsports, Junior Motorsports was not necessarily a successful program at the time. But Junior had to have put his hand around Brett Keselowski and said, look, man, you know, we're going to grow this thing together. Um, if, if, if I could just you know, jump 20 years ahead, 15, 18 years ahead. That's where Brad Keselowski is right now with Chris Busher in the whole RFK team. Because first of all, there's been a remodeling of our, of, of Roush Fenway for several years. Like they didn't pull up the tile three or four times. They couldn't make up their mind, which was what, what color they wanted this side of the building. But now there's actual headways being made. And, and I, and I think that this is, Something as Alan Beswick says, you know, in his call, uh, you know, things that he's learned from his mentor. This, these are these, This is how he was taught how to how to create and how to run a successful business. Remember, you know, Junior Motorsports was really still young at the beginning time when Brad, I think uh, 
uh, Kelly Byers maybe was the driver or, you know, um, man, I wish I could remember her because I believe he's a crew chief now. Uh, I, man, if we ever needed Mike Paracone, tonight would be the night so we could send stats right. on, the, uh, on, the, on, on the keyboard there. But I believe he become a crew chief or whatever. But anyway, Hoffman. It was Shane Hoffman or something like that. Uh, he was the he was the driver. Of course, Junior Motorsports was only uh, I believe a truck series team at the time. Took a big chance on Brad Keselowski, who at the time was driving for his father. Had you know probably not made anybody that wasn't a, a diehard fan. They probably never noticed him or anything like that. Uh, but now you know here he is a champion, a NASCAR Cup champion, and able to turn around one of the most dominant teams at one point in time, and got them turned back around. Uh, in the right direction. Now, Miss Lee, I, I do believe we may have somebody who has called in. He, he might be our partner in crime. If, yeah, if not, Taz, it could be the long-lost Greg Moore. Oh, oh, Taz has Taz has walked in the door. Taz is calling in. Okay, yeah. Taz, Taz, we're wasting a lot of time here as I was trying to drag out the first subject so you wouldn't miss much. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you you, you uh, uh, are available and able to join us. Uh, we'll, we'll try to work through this a little bit quicker now. But uh, So we were talking about Chris Buescher. We were talking about RFK. Of course, that's the headline uh, rolling into tonight. Uh, we're still on that. Uh, what are your thoughts real quick? Of course, we covered, you know, the, the leaps and bounds that RFK has made. This wasn't something that just happened overnight. Uh, we've actually talked about RFK for 10 straight weeks, I believe, here on the program. Uh, you know, no big surprise, right? Taz, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, it was only a matter of time for RFK to get in victory lane. I mean, when we went over our power rankings almost about two months, basically about two months ago at this point, um, they were one of our top four teams, and it was weird to think of that um, because of the fact that they weren't winning, but they did enough uh, consistently-wise in terms of their finishes, and not just in, say, Chris Pusher, but also Brad Kieslowski. And like you said, it, this wasn't something that came in through over time. Obviously, teams had to adjust to the new car, which I think threw off the veterans, the veteran drivers in a sense, like Kieslowski, like Hamlin. Harvick is another one. Uh, um, Truex, another one, too. And obviously these drivers are now owners such as Hamlin and Keselowski themselves. They're going to have, they're going to look into more in depth of these cars and eventually something is going to grab, something's going to grab at their heels. And it looks like, and obviously um, Hamlin's team was able to capitalize on that. And Hamlin himself is in the same deal. But I think RFK finally has hit their strut this year. And last year, I mean, not only did they have the struggles of their own, but you have to also think they were also nailed with that big old penalty to uh, Brad that already that not only did they put themselves in a hole, they got into a bigger hole with that with that big hole penalty that they basically couldn't get themselves out of. So they were dealing with struggles on top of struggles. So I feel like they've climbed a huge mountain, and for the most part, they've successfully climbed it. Now it's just getting to the peak of it, and I don't expect them to be at their peak anytime 
soon, but I would say their peak is coming. Would it be next year? Probably. Maybe two years. Who knows? But if it keeps going the way it's going, I can see either Chris Buescher snagging his second win or Brad Keselowski is going to find victory lane. Yeah, there, there's actually a couple of cracks here uh, going forward that favor uh, the RFK and uh, Brad Keselowski's driving style. Of course, Daytona being one, and, I'm, and you know, Michigan. Like, uh, I'm sure Brad Keselowski is rolling into this week. Uh, put this with Michigan's uh, circled on his calendar, just as similar as Chris Buescher said in his interview uh, that uh, um, this race, had been circled on their calendar from uh, last year's third-place finish. So um, definitely we'll keep our eye on that. Now, you know, Keselowski's name is kind of in this in or out uh, situation, I guess, with four races to go. Um, Twelfth is not necessarily the most secure position, but, uh, you know, um, Keselowski's kind of got to be confident uh, that things are – uh, going to work out for you, him. Um, I'm going to – I was just going to say, there's only four races and four spots left. At this point, you have to win or go home. You can't guarantee yourself on points. I mean, I know last year we were looking at possibly more uh, race winners than playoff spots available, and luckily um, luckily last year only one driver got in on points only because of Kurt Busch, you know, getting out because of injury, but Last year, I mean, really, if you think about it, last year, there could have been 16 winners, 16 playoff spots. We're looking at that right now. Uh, but at least with this time around, there's that possibility of a repeat winner, which means there could somebody, there could be somebody getting in on points and not by, you know, somebody withdrawing from the playoffs because of injury. Right, and that's where this will count down. Like, if we have a multiple-time winner that goes into this race, uh, that wins, then we will definitely be bringing somebody in on the point side. And, and as I look at this um, right now, and I see that, you know, Chase Elliott's already up to 20th, right? This guy's missed half the season now, almost. Uh, and he's uh, already raced his way up to 20th spot. Uh, are we going to circle Chase Elliott into the chase? I mean, you know, you've got a couple of road course races coming up. Of course, you've got the, uh, uh, the Daytona race. Uh, and you've got Michigan next week, which you know, I'm not sure um, what Chase's stats are at Michigan. We'll find that out later on tonight in Chaz's pick. Uh, but, um, you know, it definitely almost feels like uh, the media is giving Chase Elliott one of those transfer spots. Uh, he's going to have to go out there and earn it nonetheless. Uh, but that does leave uh, several of these drivers outside looking in, Miss Lee. Uh, let's bring you back in the fold. Uh, you know, you've got Ty Gibbs, A.J. Allmendinger, uh, Daniel Suarez. Those are 17th through 19th. You've got Alex Bowman, Austin Sendrick, right? Do we count out a Penske car? Uh, Justin Haley, who's got some terrible news. Double <laughs> uh, A huh. battery. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Priest, right? Who who kind of feels like Ryan Priest could be a favorite going into the Daytona race? Um, you're talking Stuart Haas Racing. Um yeah, but, every, but everyone that you that you just mentioned has to win to get in. They do. They and, really do. They really you know, do. They, they, they really do. Even Chase. I can't see NASCAR 
not figuring out a way to get Chase into the Final Four. There's three well, at least, in, at least into the playoffs, because, I mean, uh, he's only 40 points back, which, yeah, that's basically a race without the stages, but, I mean, even with that, it's, like I said before, the amount of races left equals up to the amount of playoff spots, which is four. And Chase is in basically in that one race behind scenario, like that, like in baseball, you're one game behind, if, or you know, that sort of deal. So really, Chase is sitting is sitting like five races behind with four races left. NASCAR will figure that out. Well, yeah, I, I, I believe I said there was three open spots. I actually believe it's four. Uh, Kevin Harvick has not got a win this year, has he? I don't believe so. No, not yet. There's actually, there's actually four. Still four available slots with four races to go um, that can uh, win and get in. Uh, definitely. Uh, some of the names that are on that list, uh, Eric Jones, some of the guys from the bottom, Chase Briscoe, um, you know, these guys are uh, bidding for their chance uh, for a late, you know, a late catch-up. I guess Alex Bowman, which is really strange, right? Uh, Chase Elliott, I believe, missed more time than Alex Bowman. Uh, but uh, uh, Chase has actually done a little bit better. So I think all resources from Hendrick Motorsports goes into getting Chase a win at one of these road course races. Uh, the one thing that I think is in favor uh, as we roll into the playoff situation is the the lack of uh, caution, uh, uh, the lack of uh, stage caution. So I think that that will kind of keep a wild card at bay at uh, Indy and Watkins Glen as you kind of evaluate how uh, these runs tend to happen and how they race the road course a little bit different now without the stage breaks. Um, I, I foresee uh, true, true racing. You know, I, I, it could have been a, could have been, you know, a crapshoot or something for one of these guys that, that are near the back, especially like AJ or Chase or somebody like that, you know, just playing out the pit strategies correctly or something to that. I think it's really going to, they're going to have to race for it. They're going to have to, uh, they're going to have to earn it uh, the old way. Um, so we'll see. As they try to, uh, as, as we're closing in, right? I mean, we're more than halfway through the season. Uh, we're four races away from the cutoff. That means that, you know, 14 races left in the season. Um, man, I mean, you know, um, we should start finding out a lot more about silly season as, as we've, uh, getting into the finishing of the summer. But, uh, any other thoughts, guys, on who's in, who's out? Where are you going? Where are you going? No, I, I I still say we'll see at least one of the RFK cars in the in the final four. Right. What about Ty Gibbs, y'all? Ty Gibbs, uh, kind of a quiet rookie season. There he is in the seventeenth spot. Uh, anybody giving him a a chance in Hades of uh, making the playoffs? Pretty good road course see- driver in the Xfinity series. I can see him making the playoffs. I don't necessarily see him getting very far. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Most of these guys in the back, they're going to 
pretty much stay back there. Um, that's why, you know, Chris Busher, uh sitting at least 13th in points. Um, you know, kind of the odd, the, uh, odd guy out. Like, he would really have to show a lot of progress uh, to uh, make it to the Final Four. Um, a lot of things would have to go his way. But, you know, you got a couple of races in there. Road course racing, he's really good at, right? Uh, we've, we've said it here. He's one of the best road course racers uh, in NASCAR. Uh, and then, of course, you've got Talladega, right? And you've got a couple of other short tracks. You've got Martinsville. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, if for some reason, Chevrolet kind of dominates. Chevrolet and Toyota kind of dominate. Uh, Martinsville, it would be great to see if uh, maybe this new – package, which could actually set RFK back, right? RFK's found something that all the other Fords haven't found. And now they're going in and tinkering with the uh, with the rules package and trying a different splitter and uh, um, uh, trying, uh, I think, the day they race without the diffuser on the back of the race car. So, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of different things that they're throwing at the Richmond test uh, this week. Uh, a lot of things that uh, I believe the uh, front splitter has been approved already. And we'll see that uh, in the package later this year, or possibly during the playoffs. I'm not really sure yet. So. But any other any other wild predictions, maybe for getting in? Austin Cendrick, a pretty good road course racer. You know, you've got you've got Chris, uh, well, Chris is already in. You've got Keselowski. You've got uh, uh, um, Ty Gibbs, who's been pretty good. You got Chase Elliott, Bowman. I'm not too sure if he's really good at uh, road course racing. She's got two road course races coming up. It's going to kind of help decide uh, who is in and who is out. Um, Chase Elliott, does he race his way in, Miss Lee? NASCAR will make sure he does. <laughs> you have said that several times here tonight. What about you, Taz? Chase Elliott, does he race his way in? Uh, I'm going to go with Lee, and I've already made my call about that a couple of weeks ago, when he's going to make the playoffs, if he doesn't, by that time. Right. Right. So I figure somewhere probably between Indy and Watkins Glen is where you're going to see Chase Elliott win. Uh, they've got oh, all no. the right parts oh, and all no. the right pieces. If, oh, no. I've said if he doesn't win by Daytona, it's going to happen. Oh, well, you know, you, you would have to have help to win at Daytona, and nobody's going to help Chase Elliott win Daytona. Nobody. Not to get in. This this Daytona is not the typical uh, <laughs> super speedway race. This is all hell's going to bust loose, Daytona. This is, Absolutely. This is, the, day, this is the Daytona 499. <laughs> If y'all remember the old Aaron's 499, I've been doing a lot of them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this is this is almost as big as uh, – so I guess it would be the 400, the uh, Pepsi 400 or Coca-Cola 400. No, it was the Pepsi 400. That's not going up. But, uh, yeah, so um, fireworks for sure. It may not be 4th of July, but we will have fireworks at Daytona. Uh, they, they made sure of that by putting it all at, at the cutoff race. Um, Justin Haley comes to mind there, guys. Uh, you know, uh, how about let's move on into the CW because I know we got a little bit to discuss on silly season. A whole lot of a uh, whole lot of stuff's done happened since uh, the last time we were uh, on the board together. But uh, let's talk about the CW deal real quick in the Xfinity series. I think uh, 
I've said on here in the next couple of weeks we were going to get some shocking news. Uh, once again, I did not have CW Xfinity Series on my bingo card. Uh, did anybody else see that one coming? I'll start with you, Taz, and uh, then you can float over to Miss Lee. No, especially when I've always viewed CW as like one of those, um, one of those like family program shows, uh, show pro show channels or whatever you want to call it, uh, kind of like a TBS sort of thing. I never would have expected CW, but hey, it's um, good. I see it as a plus for NASCAR. It's a it's another outlet for them to go on, uh, especially when it's a seven year deal, starting in twenty twenty five, if I remember right, and it gives the Xfinity series their their own channel outlet, if you think about it. I mean, you have the truck series who's got Fox all year round, well, primarily Fox Sports 1. Xfinity usually shares with the Cup series. So at that point, you kind of sit there and say, well, are there is their viewership numbers really because of the Cup guys or they're sharing the same Cup channel? Now they have their own network. So it's solely just them. And so now you would have to think, is CW going to draw the same amount of numbers as, like, NBC or Fox, like the Cup Series itself would get? So, you know, we go back to the old, the very old discussion of NASCAR being on over the air versus cable, but, you know, and it's and and it's it's gotten to the point now where with streaming and everything, it's getting to be kind of a moot point because pretty much everybody's streaming something so they can get pretty much everything. Um, my CW channel here where I live, I get a very bad signal. So I'm kind of like, guess what? okay. No, guess what? What? You will have an app that is available and free to everybody. So well, you will that, be able yeah. to download that app and stream through CW right. NASCAR Racing. So they killed two birds with one stone, Miss Lee. No, you you got no, you've got a very good point there because I have Prime Video, which carries the CW app, and I also have Sling, which I believe also carries a CW. So I should be covered either way. Um, but that said... But may I, may I remind you, though, that it is free. It is a free app. Since CW is over the air, there is no, there is, uh, no sign-up fee for carrying the CW app. That, this is to my knowledge of what I've been told that how this is going to work. So everybody... 
in the entire world will have access to CW's app where they will have basically NASCAR Xfinity Series available to them on demand via live and or recorded. So um, mm. that is that, that's the move that shocked me more than anything, Ms. Lee, <laughs> is that there is going to be free public access to the Xfinity series. So not only are you going to be flipping through looking for your Dawson's Creek or, uh, or the uh, uh, Mama's House, uh, but mm. now you're going to stop and you're going to say, wait a minute, whoa, whoa this is on CW? This is NASCAR. Oh, next thing you know, they're sitting there 20 minutes on the edge of their seat. Noah Gregson kind of with his bowl cut, giving the finger to everybody. All of a sudden, hey, the, the the whole family sitting around the boob tube, they are in to CW, right? And, and, right. and you know, I, I believe that we're going to connect to people, to an environment, to younger crowds that we've never been able to connect before because you had to find Xfinity on ESPN or you had to know that it was going to be on USA or you had to know, you know, you had to have access to that. We are going to have Xfinity Series racing in every home in the entire nation just because of CW. Just because of now, CW. And, and CW is and, a and popular you know channel that a lot of people rely on. <clears throat> and I agree, Chris, with the idea that there is potentially a younger crowd there because if you look at the shows that the CW carries, that's who they appeal to is a younger crowd. I don't watch the CW a lot. My local CW station is affiliated with our local Fox station. So if there's a sporting event like baseball and whatnot and going on and it runs over and the local news isn't able to go on the Fox station, they go to RCW. So that's the most that I watch the local CW. But but like I said, knowing their program lineup, that is very much a younger crowd. So you have a very valid point there. Yes, we're going to go Fox and CW to watch our race. Think about the thousands of young people that are going to look for the reruns of some cool show that's aired on their over-the-air freeway uh, channel, and then boom, oh, no, no. series. Imagine the Time seven out. to nine-year-old. Time out. That's where you guys are both wrong. CW has their primetime lineup. They have a lot of original programming. This is not um, your local UHF station that, you know, shows like the old movies and, and stuff and reruns and stuff. This is not me TV. CW has a ton of original programming. And that's why, what right. I'm saying about the younger crowd that they attract because it's a lot of supernatural and, and, and that kind of yeah. stuff. Like the CW, so, like the, uh, the, the Flash and uh, Before Superman was Superman, that show. Yeah, yeah, of course, it is. The reason why I'm so far out of touch with it is because 
I'm 25 years past the age to watch CW. Uh, that's what's right. going to make this very interesting of getting us back to that channel. And I believe, uh, wasn't it uh, maybe Jesse Smollett? Didn't he have a, wasn't there a popular show that no, he was that, on? That was on, on, no, that was on Fox. That was on Fox. Okay, okay. Sorry. Yeah. That. All right. So that's where we are. CW Xfinity Series. I had brought up the question, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, whether or not Xfinity would feel like that's a kind of a lost investment to continue sponsoring the series. And at what point in time? This is this is really a question, though. Here, I want I want I want your thoughts on Xfinity. But the real question is. What is what is the Xfinity series? Like where is it where you know, it used to be the Grand National series, right? What is it? If we had to market away from Xfinity or nationwide, we actually had to call it something similar to what we do with Cup series. What what would we call Xfinity? What is it is it the Grand National series? Is that still the official call letter, the Grand National Series? That's something that's, that's I, a good question. Uh, that, yeah. That, I, that is something I would say I would say leaning towards Grand National because everyone would know what it is. Because obviously I know what you're getting at, Chris, because obviously you have Xfinity, you had nationwide. Uh before that it was always Bush. referenced as the Bush series. So but you went you back before of, that. It was what, what Bush can you, Grand National what can you rename Series. Yeah, what can you what can you rename the series without having like a sponsor tied to it? And you would have to mm-hmm. think Grand National, or they would have to think of something probably stupid. Like here's the Cup Light Series. Like what the fuck is the Cup Light Series? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Good job, Chad Taylor. Somebody send that guy a butterfinger. <laughs> He didn't fumble that at all. Jeez uh, Louise. I mean, he just caught me so off guard with that F word. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, definitely. Man. <laughs> That's the way to get into it there, Taz. Taylor, um, any more thoughts? I don't know what you would call it. I mean, you know, obviously it was a great – I think it was the Grand National Series beforehand, maybe the Sportsman Series or something to that. Of course, Cup Series, they rebranded. They were no longer the Nextel Cup or the, the the Monster Energy Series. They become the Cup Series, and I think that that uh, uh, is a significant move in the right direction so that they had some kind of brand identity with these cars. Um, the Truck Series is the Truck Series, right? It's the – uh, Camping World Truck Series, but uh, we've left this, you know, popular, very popular series uh, without a correct branding. Um, Xfinity, uh, what are your thoughts on that, whether or not they want to continue to invest a lot of money into a basically a channel that's going to be a free channel over the air that seems like kind of those seem counterintuitive to each other? I would like your thoughts on if you believe maybe – Xfinity is in the future of of the CW series. Is it the CW series? Like, is that what we're going to call it? Has this put, is this the end to Xfinity, and now it's going to be called the CW series? Because I don't like that at all. Well, you know, 
when when I first started following NASCAR, it was the Nationwide Series. And then it went to the Xfinity Series. So could it potentially go to the CW Series? Especially with the long-term contract? It's a possibility. How about the CW Dash Series? I think the Grand National. I mean, if you're 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 bringing in like the Dash, there was already a, the Goodies Dash series. This is a this is a elevated elevated class above that. So I, I don't know how you reclassify the class, um, but there's complete generations of fans that never even knew uh, that it was called anything other than uh, the Bush Series or the Xfinity Series. Um, uh, and as a matter of fact, I would like to do more homework behind that because, um, you know, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, before uh, uh, Winston come on board, like the Cup Series was known as the Grand National Series. So somewhere or another, that, was, that, that lower God. level becomes uh, – that, that's something we'll just have to look at. Did you just find an empty refrigerator by one of your kids, uh, Taz? What what happened there? You, that definitely uh, – oh. Oh, oh no 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 no! My bad. I I forgot to mute myself on that one. <laughs> you gotta give us a you gotta give us the inside scoop of what's going on because as so, a parent, most of the time, so, that's, that's as, something... so as I have as I have warned you folks before about half hour before showtime. Um, <laughs> just to quickly just to quickly get off subject, then we gotta get back on. Um, I have on the Amsterdam Mohawks summer collegiate baseball team uh, live broadcast right now, and they're currently in the East Division Finals where the winner of this game goes on to the league championship best of three series starting tomorrow. And uh, they're up 2 nothing in top of the eighth, but they kind of uh, blew themselves in out an easy one. So, uh, yeah. But, anyways... Back to our racing category with CW, the Xfinity, and the Cup Light Stupid Series. For the bad naming on that one. My bad. If I would turn off my freaking mute button, then y'all might have actually heard everything that I just said. But, no, let's move on. Uh, obviously, this is uh, something that's ongoing, and we'll put the pieces together. Uh, as we know more, but uh, it's definitely a subject that I believe we won't uh, – we'll, we'll uh, have to cross this subject again later on down the road. Uh, does this – subject number three, does the points leader retire? This is the silly season subject, of course. SBG news has come out. Double uh, A batteries come out on some news. He's got, like, 30 days to decide. I mean, do you send, like, a, a – what type of letter does your employer send? sent to you that says, hey, are we going to renegotiate this contract or what? You know, like, um, are you holding up the boat? Is it, do you have that grab? I mean, is your bacon that good, uh, Smithfield? So, I, I don't know. There's a lot of questions with that one. And Denny Hamlin, you know, are we running right into the Kyle Bush situation without questions to Denny of whether or not uh, he is locked in at Joe uh, Gibbs Racing, I mean, you know, there's a couple of uh, question marks going on, and then out of nowhere, out of left field, 
today we find out that Noah Gregson will be probably released from his contract as John Hunter Nemechek plans to take over the 42 car next season. Of course, this is Legacy MC, Legacy Motor Club, uh, with the owners of Mari Gallagher and Jimmy Johnson, and now team president Cal Wells, who has destroyed everything he's ever touched. Um, they are looking for a marquee driver, and it looks like TRD uh, has a spot for John Hunter Nemechek. But what does this mean about the 19? What is this? Is this like, is this the uh, guarantee that Martin Truex Jr. is going to come back? Uh, you know, I mean, he's leading the points. He's a favorite for the championship, I feel like, right now. Um, you know, I don't see how this guy steps away, but, uh, I mean, Peyton Manning stepped away after a Super Bowl win. Elway stepped away after a Super Bowl win. Barry Sanders stepped away and didn't even have a Super Bowl. <laughs> I What's going on so, here silly season? Let's talk about it. Chaz Taylor. So, with Truex, I would think he's – I would think another year for him would do good – um, the other thing I would think of is with this move of legacy going from Chevy to Toyota, and it looks like the possibility of Gregson, uh, being released, uh, with that move, it, at first, at first it kind of sat on me because we talked about SVG, right? Oh, about a few weeks ago about how he could possibly be a free agent looking to come to the Cup Series. Obviously, at this point, it's basically all but confirmed on his end that he's going to be a free agent trying to go to the Cup Series. Um, of course, with him, he's going to be looking at Chevy teams because with the supercars, he's with Chevy to begin with. Um, so you have to sit here and think what Chevy teams are going to be available well, when the news of Justin Haley came out saying that he's going from Colleg to Rick Ware, which that's the dumbest move for his career. He could have done a lot better, but Amen. Well, um I think I first thought of Colleg could probably grab S V G. Then Chris showed um the whole Gregson could be released from legacy when they switch from the Chevy to Toyota after this year. And immediately it dawned on me, I was like, all right, I have to throw SVG out the window because Tollig and Gregson did have a relationship. I think it was a good working relationship uh, last year when Gregson made select starts for the Colleague 16, uh, Colleague 16 car last year. Um. So I would feel like if Gregson is going to stay with Chevy, he's going to – I believe he's the top guy that Colleague is going to grab. Um, if Gregson's not it, it, I believe it's going to be SVG. But I am starting to believe that Gregson, if he leaves Legacy Motor Club, I would not be surprised if he goes to Colleague. Um, All right. So but that would be – Adam Stern tweeted that uh, Justin Marks said 
on SVG, if he's going to do this, it would only make sense that he does it with us. I can't access the article. Whoa. It's all about silly Whoa. season, but there's that. What the hell? So does this mean Red Bull? Is this the return Maybe. of Red Bull? Maybe. Holy heck, man. No, they would have no it can't be. Bush Beer and Red Carter. Bull are not going to be on... No, Bush Beer and Red Bull are not going to be on the same team. That's, that's impossible. That, that would never uh, happen. Bush, Bush Beer and Red Bull are two totally different markets. Bush Beer is alcoholic. Red Bull is not. <laughs> so, but it really depends on you, though, right? I mean, if, you're, if you thing. like speed, you, you take energy drinks. If you like feeling drunk and stupid, you drink beer. <laughs> but, but, here's the, but here's the thing, though. While you, guys, you have to think of it this way, too. Yeah, Bush is going to be with Trackhouse, but they're backing Ross Chastain. There's no backing with SVG. So SVG could easily probably grab Red Bull without having much of a problem or collision between Red Bull and Bush. I mean, look at Chief yeah, Elliott. Yeah, there I mean, Chief Elliott's freaking sponsorship collision it d- doesn't make sense because I, I believe saying um, with his Cooter sponsorship, with, it, with well, his Cooter sponsorship, kind of they're Pepsi, <laughs> and he's a, Coke, he's a Coke driver now. Right, right, right. That, that, yeah, you cannot get a Coke. You can't get that kind of Coke at uh, at Hooters. I'm sure you can get some kind of Coke, but not not Coca-Cola. So, um, yeah, that 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 is true. Like I, I I'll stand here and uh, welcome SVG in with open arms, but the problem to that is he better bring an ass load of money. And when I'm talking about an ass load of money, I'm talking about a truckload. Because it's going to cost thirty million dollars just to get a damn charter. Right, but, but are they still? Man, are they talking about? Are they talking about fielding a third car or not? You know, that's a good question. Ooh, or what? Or are they oh. buying a charter from somebody? Are they firing Suarez? No, they wouldn't fire Suarez. I mean, I don't know. No, that's a good question. I feel like Tipple. I feel like Tipple would not would try to keep Suarez because obviously they have that, um, like Hispanic um, culture that they both share, and they're grabbing um, fan attention from that sort of culture. Yeah, but is Pitbull more of a businessman? That's, you know, wow. I I don't really know where to go because there's not very many charters out there, right? Rick Ware is not going to go down from a two-car team. Um, He's Ford, and and they've got Justin Haley. I believe that's probably all in the effort uh, to stay a Ford team. you know, so B.J. McLeod, that's one of the ones that's open, right? Uh, Wood Brothers, they wanted to cash out and well, the sport. Wood Brothers are not going to give up their charter. No. Front Row I think, Motorsports is right asking for to sell out. So, If you look 
if you remember a few weeks ago, I did mention uh, BG McLeod's team could be losing their charter because I believe I believe there is a rule in the NASCAR rule book somewhere, and I remember um, three years and they have to stay relevant for three years. Well, I remember, yeah, I remember Eric Estep saying that when I was watching his YouTube channel and his update on this, he said that if uh, you fall in, like, the bottom three of the owner standings in terms of charters for, like, three years straight, uh, you lose your charter. And I believe McLeod is basically on the bubble of that right now. Yeah, he is, and so is the, one of the Rick Ware cars. Um, so you could see possibly at least uh, maybe a third car team to, uh, you know, I believe that Ron Newman ride is actually, you know, it's a, it's a third RFK racing car. I really believe that. Um, and uh, I think Stuart Haas has some connection into there. So there's definitely, uh, you know, a place for maybe a Ford team to grow, but not necessarily a Chevrolet team right now, uh, being that they are already uh, losing um, unless they push A.J. Amendinger out. I, I don't know. That's, uh, you know, SVG to uh, to to America, uh, to the Cup Series, it just seems over overdoing it, right? Like this guy, we don't even know what the hell he's going to do in, uh, in an oval race. Of course, he has a little bit of oval experience. I'm not going to I'm not going to shade from that, but uh, I just don't foresee him. I mean, when he's running a Cup race, he's going to run 25th at, at Richmond, right? He's he's not going to be competitive. Uh, so I, I really don't know why we're so on board of adding this guy to the Cup lineup all of a sudden. I think that I wouldn't, I wouldn't kind necessarily... of a disgrace to the other drivers. I wouldn't necessarily mark him as, like, a mid-pack driver on these short track there, Chris. I mean, if he adapts well, like, some of these other road course to stock car drivers type deal, um, if you really think about it, Elio <laughs> Castroneves is one of them, and he adapted well to the short oval. Um, trying to think of another one. Tony Kanan, I mean, Tony Kanan is another one. I mean, I know Tony Kanan is basically a mid-card driver, but... I'm trying to think of somebody else yeah. there that would fit along that line, but I mean, my my <laughs> my drunk camel's ass, and if it was a fizz, we'd all be drunk. Uh, you know, this guy's got he's going to have a learning curve. It's going to be three years before we see true success out of SVG, and we, we've seen drivers: Danica Patrick, Dario Franchitti, Christian Fittipaldi, uh Jacques Villeneuve. None of these guys have been successful. You're telling me none of those guys were talent more talented than SVG? I mean, come on. Yeah, but, we're just putting too much into a European race car driver. He's going to come over here and realize but that America fucking wins. We win on race day. Chris, you're missing the point. Justin <laughs> Marks said if he's going to do this, it it ought to be with us. Yeah. That doesn't say and it's I would a done create, deal. Right, it doesn't right, say yeah. it's a done deal. And I would create deal. a farm system. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, yeah, there's I, that I, point, too. Yeah. They, they, could either, they could either field an Xfinity Series car, or they could do what um, 
the I think it was Gaunt Brothers did with Suarez the one year where uh, just field an open car on a weekly basis. Uh, I think JTG did this one year too with Ryan Priest. Well, yeah, if if they can find the funding for it, yeah. Now, I'm still waiting on Helio Castro Neves to get a Daytona 500 ride. You know, but but SVG could come in and win a street court race where everything falls in his favor, uh, and 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 now all of a sudden, you know, this guy's going to take somebody's top freaking ride, right? And, and we can't get Helio Castro Neves a Daytona 500 ride. Uh, come on, man. I mean, seriously, it, it's not about bucks. It's about who they want uh, in in their system. Who? I, I mean, I don't know. I just I've never been. These guys cannot come over here and invade NASCAR. Uh, and think that they're just going to pop out success unless unless they bring them and all their buddies too, you know? Like, uh, that's the only way is if we get a complete invasion. Hey, look, we've got pretty young fellas right now in the Cup Series. It's going to be at least another 20 years before we can get the, the invasion of open-wheel drivers and Trans Am drivers and whatnot. And as a matter of fact, that Trans Am V8 Supercar Series or whatever the hell it's called, they need to watch themselves because they're probably going to be bankrupt and they keep sending all their drivers over here to NASCAR to fail. Like I'm, I, here's the crying towel. Where's Jimmy Spencer? Somebody get me off this mic. <laughs> all right. So, you know what? We're we're gonna we're gonna give SV, SVG a chance, just like we did Marcus Ambrose. What about Carson Hosevar? Is is he going? Is he a done deal with Junior Motorsports? The only other, only other option SVG could probably have is if Spire kicks out Ty Dillon and puts him in the car. Wow, there's one Spire. That is the team I forgot, but they're probably not going anywhere with Corey LaJoy. I could see SVG over there. I could, but you know, there again. Maybe they maybe they lease a charter to him or something. I don't know. That's a good. I've always thought that Spire, Trackhouse, and uh, Colleague they all have like this conspiring little thing together. They're all connected together in this big farmhouse. I believe. I, I, I did any of you guys ever feel that way? Like Trackhouse, Colleague, and Spire are all kind of interconnected with each other somehow. Well, they kind of have to stick together against the big guys, don't they? Yeah, very true. Very true, Miss Lee. Good point. Ring the bell on that one. That's a good point. That's a very, very, very good point. All right. I guess uh, any other silly season props? Like I, I threw that one in there with Carson Hosevar. It's been rumored Dale Jr. Uh, maybe going to Junior Motorsports. Uh, not Dale Jr. Maybe going to Junior Motorsports. Oh, God, listen to me. Jeffrey Earnhardt uh, has the possibility of going to junior motorsports. Uh, that should have already been a done deal. But anyway, uh, Carson Hosevar, his name's getting kicked around a lot. He's coming off of a win, I guess. Was it this week? Who won the truck race this week? You know, he's yes, he did. And he's, he, he, he did. basically set the track on fire again. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Carson, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Carson's a lovable kid, but he's still got some learning to do. Okay. 
I dozed out for a second there. <laughs> yeah, we were, um, we were uh, talking about Carson Hosevar. There is rumors that he may get a tough ride, but it is it is uh, kind of, I feel like after listening to today's podcast with DBC and all, it's basically a done deal. He's going to junior motorsports. <clears throat> um, I, I feel like Hosevar, I feel like Hosevar going straight to the Cup Series is a big, big stretch. I feel like that could hurt him long-term in his career. But why not Zane Smith? Um, I mean, like devil's advocate, why not Zane Smith? I mean, we, we, we said Zane Smith could do it. Why not Carson Hosevar? I think with I think with Zane Smith, the only reason why the only difference with Zane Smith and Carson Holsevar, I think, is because Zane Smith has had a few races in the Cup Series on his belt, whereas Holsevar, he made one start, but that was kind of like an emergency-type start. So he was kind of like thrown into it, sort of. Right. And like I said, he, he's still got some learning to do. Yeah. Yeah, all right, well, I think that kicks the can about as much as we can on uh, subject number three. Let's move on into subject number four. Sure, both have been bowling over in the last several weeks. It is funny how they kind of correlate with each other. Uh, but basically, we've had the Denny Hamlin and uh, uh, Kyle Larson. We had Ryan Priest. Uh, his incident with who, who was that? Uh, and I can't even remember who it was, but. So, a lot of tempers have been flaring here lately. Um, prime television? I mean, what uh, what do you guys thought, especially on the Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson situation? Is that going to come back and bite uh, one of these drivers down the road? Is it settled? These are two friends. Um, and any other uh, maybe um, get-backs that we should be expecting uh, as we start through the dog days of summer. We all know it's hot out there. It's not climate change, it's weather. It's twice as hot in those cars as it is for us sitting in the seats. So yes, those guys are gonna be short-tempered. That said, we are also four races away from the race for the championship. Right. And tempers are short because of that. So I expect to see a lot more on-track sparks the next, well, through the next four races, but also through the rest of the season. So get back season is officially a go. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Dad, what are you what are your thoughts? The whole thing with Hamlin and Larson, I think Larson's too much of a I think Larson's too much Crazy. of a chicken shiznit to to do anything pansy but ass. Come on little pansy but, ass. Throw your bucks up. Come on. If there's, if there's anything with if Larson even does anything, I feel like he would get it when it would matter most. And it's either going to be championship four if those two get there or if 
both of those drivers are in a do-or-die type of situation in one of the rounds of the playoffs. But like I said, I think Larson's too much of a chicken chisnet to freaking do anything. NASCAR needs you know what? NASCAR needs a villain. And Kyle Busch isn't the villain anymore. Is Kyle no, Larson the new not. villain? No. Or is Denny Hamlin the new villain? <laughs> no. Larson's too much of a pussy. Hamlin is the villain. He could drive the hell out of a race car, but uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't put odds on him for any match. I believe his old lady kicks his ass. Uh, she definitely does when she drinks you know beer what? like she does. I've, I've, been a Larson, I've been a Larson <laughs> fan for years, but you know what? Since since he came back, he he is he he's he's scared. He's too much of a pussy. Yeah. Yeah, and like one of the most liked people in the garage at one time, and I feel like that uh, since right. he's come back and since he's. Uh, found the success and the, um, uh, the the hysteria that's been behind him. He's really not made very many friends in the Cup Series. He's actually made quite a few enemies, uh, even his friends. You know, he wants to say that uh, everybody knows who Denny is. Well, that's right. And Denny's, you know, Denny's not necessarily the most liked character either at all, ever. He's never been the most liked guy in his own damn team. Uh, so, uh, you know, um we know who Denny Hamlin is. Who you know? Who is Kyle Larson uh, to say that uh, you know Denny should be apologetic any time? Like, right? I mean, this guy hasn't won a championship. As a matter of fact, if Denny Hamlin wins a championship this year, it's because he's finally become aggressive enough to win it. Maybe that's been Denny Hamlin's problem. He's never been aggressive enough. Right. Uh, but Kyle Larson had a, had the best team in NASCAR just handed over to him. So, I mean, I don't, you know, that's my feelings on it. No, I I agree. Maybe, maybe that's what Denny's been missing, is that he's just been too much of a pussy all these years. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like he's got a pretty big backbone these days, especially with his podcast. I mean, what better right. way to face your fears, right, than to come on to a podcast weekend and talk shit about your competitors? <laughs> I mean, you know, Dale Jr. retired, right? And Dale Jr. has said, look, sometimes I'm going to say things that you guys don't like. Well, Dale right. Jr. had a podcast for six months. He, he has said many things that people didn't like. Uh, but, you know, um, it has been straightforward. It's been hard. So I've never been a Denny Hamlin fan. Of course, you know, that's odd, too, because I'm always, you know, I always love the grassroots racer. I always love the guy who didn't necessarily have the big, the big bucks rolling in. The guy who actually had to race his way in. He told Joe Gibbs at a young age he was going to win a championship for him. He hasn't won that yet, but, man, this guy's won 50-plus races. He's won 50 races with, with Joe Gibbs. He's been a, mm-hmm. a long-time, you know, lifelong driver. Um, I actually have become more um, tolerant and like of Denny Hamlin. Like, that's been my biggest surprise of 2023. I did not have that on my bingo card. Being a fan of Denny Hamlin. But I love his podcast. Yeah, it it seems like Denny has really stepped up since Kyle left the team. That says a lot. 
to think that he was overshadowed for all of those years by a guy who come in to this race team after Denny Hamlin had already made his debut. He mm-hmm. played second fiddle to Kyle Busch for all these years, and now right. he's the cog of the walk. He's the head guy in charge. He's the he's the steward. He is the guy that's been there. Um, right. And I think he's doing a great job. And uh, a veteran, I mean, we've made fun of him, two-finger Hamlin. Uh, you know, look, uh, like I said, never had it in my bingo cards that uh, I would be a Denny Hamlin fan. The podcast caught me completely off guard. I listened to it one the first time thinking, yeah, this is probably going to be boring as heck. And, I, I, you know, just I'm willing to give Dirty Mo Media, you know, uh, a listen, right? Uh, and there's several content makers on Dirty Mo Media. I've never even listened to their show. What brought me to the table was Denny Hamlin, the driver, from his perspective. And I have not been disappointed since. I mean, it's been it's been a great investment of my time to listen week in, week out to Denny Hamlin. Um, you know, what that it, being said. It, it, well, real quick, it's a really interesting dynamic to look into Joe Gibbs Racing as far as who have been the dominant quote-unquote favorite drivers and where they are now from where they were several years ago. Because I look back to when Joey Logano took over the 20 from Tony Stewart. Logano was treated like the redheaded stepchild. Right. So in looking at the dynamic of Bush and Hamlin and how Hamlin is now you know, the leader of the team. Who who has more experience? Who has more time? Him or Truex? But Hamlin is the one who's gotten bold since Bush has left. So there's there's a lot to be said there for the team dynamics. Right. Right. Kemper's flaring. Um, I'm sure we have not seen the end of it. Uh, Bubba Wallace, uh, he's been known to lose his temper. He seemed to have a pretty good uh, head on his shoulder this past weekend. Um, But, uh, you know, any given weekend, we can have something flare up. Uh, Some uh, get-backs, I think, that are still out there that are going to be coming up. Uh, We should start seeing those pretty soon. But, hey, you know, Kemper's and temperature, uh, that's they go hand in hand. Let's move on to our final subject of the night. We're moving in a pretty good uh, manner. We'll try to stay on track here. Uh, SRX series, the SRX series. Taz Taylor, uh, you know a lot about the SRX series. Of course, big news this week. Uh, Ken Schrader still doesn't know how to drive, and everything's Paul Tracy's fault. Well, 
Normally, I would agree with you, Chris, but here I'm not because if you listen, if you listen to Paul Tracy's interview and you look at the replay of what happened at Motor Mile this past Thursday night, Paul Tracy claims somebody clipped him to make him run up the track and slam Newgarden into the wall, causing not only Tracy and Newgarden to wreck, but also Ken Schrader to wreck with basically nowhere to go behind them. I'm not racing him no more. But <laughs> nobody touched Paul Tracy. Paul Tracy's in here blaming somebody else for hooking him, but nobody mm-hmm. touched him. And honestly, I knew it was going to be a matter of time before SRX had to step in with Paul Tracy because I like his aggressive driving, but if you're going to be aggressive to the point, to the point where you're going to be wrecking these cars, on a consistent basis, something needs to be done. And and I feel like it shouldn't have gotten as far as Ken Schrader literally going on air and saying, uh, I'm not racing with him on track anymore. Now, the suspension of Paul Tracy has not been said if it was for one race or the rest of the season. Um. Obviously, as far as we know of right now, uh, Johnny Benson Jr. Who got fired? <laughs> well, they never said he got fired either. They they just said he suspended. But again, there's no details of the suspension. But um, either way, uh, as far as we know of right now, this week Johnny Benson Jr. Uh, will be replacing Paul Tracy this week. And, like I said, God only knows if Tracy's gone for one race or if he's done for the season. Uh, Nobody knows. SRX never released that detail. However, uh, some people believe they should have tried to grab an open-wheel driver. And when that comment was made a few times, uh, Don Hawk mentioned that they tried getting a few open-wheel guys, and I guess whoever they tried getting... Um, do, they couldn't get, and because of limited availability and things like that, they ha- they just had to go with the, basically the first available guy they could get to. And obviously, Johnny Benson was the was the guy to make the call. Who thought when they said Johnny Benson Jr. that we were going to see the debut of Johnny Benson's kid? I know I did. In his entire whatever career that that guy has, I never knew him as Johnny Benson Jr. I knew him as Johnny Benson. And he wasn't that great of a race right? driver. As a matter of fact, I think he got he was best known for getting fired after winning a truck championship. Um, but also probably was pretty well known for the white race car, the number 10, uh, that Scott Riggs also piloted. That was really good at super speedways. Imagine that. Um yeah, the Valvoline yeah, number Johnny, 10. When, 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 yeah, he actually raced it before it had Valvoline on the side of it. So it was just a white race car. But, uh, you know, when they said Johnny Benson Jr., I was like, oh, cool, we're getting a young guy, right? Like, yeah, Johnny Benson Jr., that must be Johnny Benson's kid, man. Heck, yeah, I hadn't heard about this guy. And then he, here's Johnny Benson. I think they were using uh, a photo from 1996 when he was in the Cheerios fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> I 
ain't no way that that guy still looks like that 30 years later. Uh, and the last I'd heard of Johnny Benson, he was Danica Patrick's driving coach. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> did, did, did SRX just send out some pigeons and he was the first one to reply back? I mean, what is going on here? <laughs> oh, I ain't even going to get Taz fired up on this one, though. I mean, how about the cool speedway? Like, how about like, how about the Thund- Thunder Speedway or whatever it was, Thunder Road? That was an amazing facility. I loved watching racing there. I want to see more from that place. Um, we didn't go to Thunder Road. Remember, that's the Vermont track that got uh, moved to Stafford. We went to. Oh, I watched it on Flow Racing. That's right. I watched Thunder Road on Flow Racing. Man, that was so much fun. That was an amazing track. Berlin is cool, too. Yeah, going to Berlin this week. But, um, I, Motor Miles put on a pretty good track. Um, I know, I, I guess drivers were told um, before they took any, like, practice laps or any racing or whatever, they were told by uh, some of the local drivers, that and even David Stremme, who is basically like the test driver for SRX, um, they pretty much said that that you know stay off the apron. It's not the place you want to be to catch grip. Well, the SRX cars did something that everyone was told. Everyone basically told them not to do. And Clint Boyer was basically the big guy of it. Um, what they ran the apron on that high bank track. And it seemed like the high groove probably would have worked had they, you know, tried running it more often, but, um, but it looked like the inside was the inside towards the apron was basically the best bet to go on that track. Still think it was a pretty good race, aside from the giant wreck fest that Paul Tracy says somebody else caused him. But well, definitely Ryan Newman looks like he's uh, you know not missing a beat. Like that guy can oh, still no. wheel the hell out of a race car. <clears throat> um, Kenny's Raiders has been, never was. Uh, his even coming on there and thinking that he's so relevant. That we yeah, could give a you, shit you, if he yeah, if when, he races when they do, next week. Yeah, when they do when they do what is it, those like driver introductions when they go through the starting grid, it's like like I can understand Haley Deegan, like her accomplish like her one main accomplishment is like, you know, most popular driver with the truck series. Like that one's understandable. She's got a young career, you know. <laughs> but but, like, the other drivers lined up, they're like, oh, we're Cup Series champions or Daytona 500 champion or IndyCar 500 champion or IndyCar Series champion, you know, something like that. Like, that cool deal. Then you have Schrader. Well, I'm a Daytona 500 multiple-time pole winner. Who the right. fuck gives a shit? <laughs> right. Oh, man. I mean, you know, the guy's more known for cutting his thumb off than, uh, than being uh... – Look, he's done crazy things out on the dirt track, but what you'll never what never gets told is people like Kenny Wallace and Kenny Schrader to come to your racetrack, there's a check written to them to show up. And it has been that way for a very long time. They feel like they're, they bring the crowd, and they used to. They really did. When they were coming out of the Cup Series and their spotlight, they really did kind of fire up the crowd 
uh, at the racetracks when they showed up. But these days, you know, it's, it's really just a gentleman's fee uh, that they're paying these guys to show up at, their, at your racetrack. So don't think that when Kenny Schrader shows up, there wasn't a big check written before he got there. He's probably taking home more than the, than the guy who wins the race that night um, just for a show-up fee. But, uh, so, you know, there is right, SRS Chris, series. But, you might be right, Chris, but Kenny Schrader's got a big fan base, a huge fan base, you know, and, and the fact that he's still racing in different things so frequently, you know, a lot of people do come out to see him. Hey, if it still if it still gives you a thrill, former two-time Daytona Pole champion <laughs> Ken Schrader, then y'all come on out and buy us a seat at the uh, at the local dirt track. Uh, as for me, you know, I, I would be more impressed if Clint Boyer showed up uh, than 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 a washed-up Kenny Schrader. Uh, the, but there are some good drivers in this series, as Chad said. Um, they have done a lot better job this year in making sure that there is some actual star power. But like every other series, there's always the field fillers. And Haley Deegan, Kenny Schrader, so these guys are field fillers, and that's just the way it is. Johnny Benson Jr. will be a field filler. Um, right. You know, uh, I think, yeah, I think everybody else kind of has. The thing I see with Haley Deegan, like, I give her props for trying to, you know, give yourself track time and, you know, try to develop yourself, not only through the truck she series, but followers. also try to learn, but also try to, you know, um, learn the racecraft from the best in the business of either today or yesterday. Um, but, I mean, I'm sorry, but she sh- she should not be – I think she's she's either last or second to last in the full-time championship point or whatever. She should be running up there, I would feel like. But I don't know if – I don't know if she's just performing bad in the heat that the features can't make up for that ground because she's got decent feature finishes. It's just that the heat races, she's lackluster. And I know she, and I remember her saying in one of her uh, SRX racing documentaries or vlogs or whatever she does for YouTube, but she, I remember her saying that in one of the heat races, like, it got to be so aggressive that she just decided to back out because she wanted to save her equipment. That's great, but at the same time, if you're going to be in and to win a championship trying to make a name for yourself, then you got to do something. Right. I agree. You got to make a move, but she has well, a good follower. Just, you know, she got a good fan base. So. I just wanted to add to the the whole Paul Tracy conversation. Coming into this series, we all knew who Paul Tracy was. We all know his reputation right. and everything else. So, who's really surprised that he ended up suspended? I mean, How really, I think all of us should be surprised. Because, well, I mean, it was played up, right? Michael Waltrip and 
Paul Tracy were pinned against each other the very first race of the SRX series. Um, I'm more surprised that he did get suspended, right? I mean, I'm more surprised that he did get in trouble because, I mean, you know, you want entertainment. And Paul Tracy's probably been the most entertaining driver. Yes. Paul Tracy did give the entertainment value. Absolutely. His whole, his no holds barred, balls to the walls attitude made for some exciting racing. Yeah, now you're now you're kicking the guy out. You know, I don't know, and replacing him with a Johnny Benson Jr. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, right. put the guy right. Put but, the guy who's but, your track champion in that car. My but, God, Chris, give somebody, but, give a street stock driver a chance. Look at the other bigger names that they have gotten into the series now. Now they've got the attraction of popular NASCAR drivers, popular drivers from the other series. So maybe they don't need Paul anymore. Yeah, and this I agree. Is gotta, yeah, I mean, you got a point. I mean, Chris. I mean, we literally said a year ago when it came to SRX that if they wanted to grow and keep going, they had to figure out a way to get current stars or try to grab drivers from different series besides just IndyCar and NASCAR uh, to come run for the series. And they did in the sense of this year they got Brad Keselowski full time. Uh, they made Haley Deegan jump from part-time to full-time. Uh, you, they got Kyle Busch, who's, a, who's running two races. Kevin Harvick's running three, I believe. Um, you, you say Bobby Labonte, I'm going to run my head in the wall. Oh, no. Bobby Labonte's been with SRX, or in with racing prior. But, um, He's trash. But you also got... But you also got... Um, Ron Caps from the drag racing series, and I think he's the first like true NHRA guy that SRX has grabbed. Granted, it's only for one race, but I mean it's still an out. It's a different mm-hmm. outlet. Um, this week they got they're going to have Casey Kane for a one-off. I mean, granted Casey Kane, most people know him from NASCAR, but now he's got World of Outlaws, the sprint car side of things, so he could be dragging in people from there. But the one thing that Tony Stewart said, that SRX has not completely succeeded yet, and he says that he believes SRX will completely succeed, is when he will sign either one of these two drivers or both. And that's going to be Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Jeff Gordon. Mm-hmm. Wow, would, would Junior do that? I don't know. I, don't I feel know. like Junior could cool probably do it junior. for. I feel like Junior could for a while. Amy won't let him. Fear that he'll want to do more. I agree with. I Lee. feel like he would do a one-off. Maybe a one-off for sure, but and Tony's talking about signing him to a full-time, and he would want that exposure. And I believe Jeff Gordon 
uh, has too many irons in the fire in other places. Um, you know, he's not. Yeah, he's, I a, he's agree. A, you know, these are two two Chevrolet guys that you're probably, you know, their lifelong commitment to Chevrolet will probably keep them out of uh, this series just because they're not Chevrolet power plants. Um, and I just, I don't know. Uh, that'll be interesting to see. It would, it would definitely uh, increase the ratings if you got either one of those guys. And I'm, you know, probably Dale Jr. a little bit more than Jeff Gordon, I feel like. There's a, there's a love affair uh, with the junior nation. It always has been. Of course, Gordon, he's carried the sport as well. But uh, um, you know, junior, junior reigned even in Gordon's presence. So I think Gordon, I mean, I think junior would definitely be the higher speed um, if that were the case. And it's interesting that Tony Stewart said that. Uh, he is definitely – where's Ray Everham and all this? Has Ray Everham kind of been kicked to the side this year? We haven't heard much about Ray. Yeah, we have not heard much from Ray this year at all. It's been – it's all been Tony mm-hmm. and um, – what's the other guy's name? I can't think of it off the top of my Hawk. head. The Hawk guy, Don Hawk or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't see um, either Dale or or Jeff doing more than a one-off. If even that, I would bet we see Dale before we see Jeff. Right. Yes. My only take on. My only take of the SRX right now is, like, it's great that they grabbed current drivers or drivers that probably either retired or were let go of their rides but still have it. The name a couple off like that would be Newman and Foyer, for example. Um, But my only thing with... That is with SRX. I feel like to me, you have to go back with season one of Ray Evernham, where you have ten full-time drivers. Your eleventh car is a superstar ringer, regardless of whatever series they came from. If it's a one race or two race deal, like how um, season one that gold car, it was the the superstar ringer car where you had Greg Biffle for Stafford and I want to say Slinger was the other one. Uh, you had Scott Bloomquist on Knoxville, so you brought in the World of Outlaws on that deal. Um, and then you had Scott Speed, which obviously, of course, people knew Scott Speed from, from NASCAR, but he's also got Rallycross background, so there's something there as well. You and need then, to go back. You need to go back to the one car yeah. reserved for a local track driver. Yeah. Yeah. I mean one car for a champion in some in from some division, like, you know, whether it be you know, the IndyCar champion, the Cup Series champion uh, possibly, you know, Formula One champion, you know, Max Verstappen, uh, the uh, motocross champion. You, know, you just and then and then uh, one, you know, your local house driver uh, champion. What? Um, what I think Mead? that that would what need? 
SRX so fun the first season was that it was not necessarily dominated by NASCAR drivers. Right. You have a really good mix, and then you had that car for the local track driver. Yes. That's what made it so exciting. And I would yep. and I would also feel like they could have grabbed a dirt guy too. Like they like IROC made it possible to grab okay, somebody came. from World of Outlaws. But but it's only for one race. But guy. I would like to see I would like to Kenny see Schrader a is dirt track. But what I'm saying, Chris, is that with IROC, they grabbed why haven't why hasn't SRX capitalized on grabbing a World of Outlaws guy to do the same thing, regardless if it's from late models or sprint cars, or could be somebody from the midgets, you know? Didn't Bloomquist drive one year? He drove for yeah. one race. Okay. But I'm just I'm just trying to think of like different mixes. Like it's great for NASCAR and IndyCar. I mean, this year it's primarily NASCAR, but I just want the full time mix, as you mentioned. Like I would like to see Ron Caps run a full season, you know, or say Brittany Force, um, or even bring in, like I said, a World of Outlaws star star for a full season. What? How can they handle the short tracks of asphalt? You know. Um, well, Just you know, not necessarily like even a full season, but, you know, make a car where you're mixing it up a little bit more. Yeah, I'm just off for the series growing and want to see uh, the step in, in the direction that have this series around for a while. I, I know that there's going to be kinks and stuff that they need to do to make it better. And, uh, you know, obviously we're following this series into the third season. Uh, so we, you know, we, we, we all like the series. We think that it's a, it's a really good series. And look, being able to see these tracks, I'm going to look for them on flow racing. Just as I did under road, I clicked into there because that was the race where, you know, that was supposed to be at, uh, uh, in the SRX series, I, you know, Kaz, of course, reminded me of that, that I wasn't watching the SRX series. I was actually watching the racing. Uh, but Berlin, um, Stafford has become one of my favorites. Like, I didn't even know Stafford existed until the SRX series. So I, I'm thankful for the SRX series because they have opened the door uh, to these other racetracks that I can find on Flow Racing and watch, uh, you know, all year long. Like, I... I don't think I've missed a season race at all from Stafford in the last two years. Like, uh, I enjoy watching them that much. And uh, I've added several others to my list, thanks to the SRX series. Uh, so, you know, I mean, as long as they continue to grow and put people to, that are worth watching into their seats, um, you know, I, I'm for it. All right, Taz Taylor. It's, uh, it's Taz and Six. We're rolling into Michigan. I swear I wanted to cut the show back to one hour, but just once we get to talking, All right. it's, 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 we can go into three hours, I swear. Uh, but, Taz, yeah, let's go into Taz's picks. 
Um, this is Michigan. I'm not sure if this is one of those tracks. We, you know, we're only going to it one time. Uh, this is the second year, I believe, that we've only gone that we're only going to it one time. I uh, believe that that kind of changes the dynamic of this yeah. racetrack. Um, and so you see more of the, uh, I guess, you, you, more of the drivers from middle pack that, that could possibly be uh, better at this track than what you would expect them to be. Taz, carry it from here, sir. So we are headed to Michigan. And before I read off my favorite contenders and underdogs for opening up to you guys. Um, I want to mention this because I found this stat and I had to, you know, fact check it and make sure it was actually true. Um, and it is. So I made that fact true and I kind of went a little further with it. So in the last 12 Michigan races, Ford has won nine of those last 12, including the last including the last eight straight races. The last eight races in a row, Ford has won. Of those nine races, one driver has won five of those. And he even got the 2020 sweep at Michigan. That is Kevin Harvick. And who is the defending winner of this race? Kevin Harvick. So, with that being said, my favorites right now looking is Kevin Harvick, Kyle Larson, and Joey Logano. Contenders, Brad Keselowski, William Byron, Ryan Blaney. Eric Jones, Bubba Wallace, and Eric Amarola I have listed as underdogs. With that being said, the panel is now open. Yeah, MTJ is the hottest driver in the Cup Series right now. Um, I did not hear his name on that list, so I would definitely add him to the favorites. Uh, I'm not sure that he has stats that uh, prove it, though. Taz Taylor, can you enlighten me on the stats? MTJ. 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 I do not have him on the list. Um, He has 32 Michigan starts. Winless at this track. 10 top five, 15 top tens, an average finish of 13.5. Yeah, but he's the hottest driver in NASCAR right now. I mean, without a doubt. Well, I, I can ease, we can easily put him as a favorite with how he's been performing in the last number of races this year. You know, of course, you you have to put, uh, you know, the Ford drivers are going to be, of course, um, favored a lot in this one. I, I didn't I didn't know if I heard Brad Keselowski. I know Brad Keselowski's been part of this non-win streak. He's Brad Keselowski. Um, he's a listed as a contender, also winless, but has less top fives and top tens is Martin Truex so he only has seven top fives 13 top tens but he does have a better average finish not by much though Ms. Lee are you willing to throw battle here Uh, where does uh, Ty Gibbs sit 
with mile and a half. Yeah, like I've not known Toyota to have much success here. I think Toyota, this may be their worst track. Um, and I'm not sure why Ford dominates so much here. Uh, what's the top 10? I think that's probably my question. Um, from last year, I mean, I can just say I'm gonna go check out the top 10 from last year. Um, trying to think of other drivers to list off here for you. Um, Kyle Bush. He does have one win here, so um, do we place him as a favorite contender? Uh, definitely a contender, probably. So did he have well here? The Toyota does run pretty decent. It's Chevrolet that's completely fallen off. Uh, you know, Kyle Busch definitely. I mean, you know, Kyle's a top five driver in the Cup Series. Um, there's without a doubt. He he deserves somewhere on this list. Um, Hamlin, I think, deserves somewhere on this list. Um, Bubba Wallace has had success here. Ryan Blaney. Bubba Wallace, I, I I don't know about Bubba Wallace at Michigan. Yeah, he had a runner-up. Um, Bubba Wallace, I hate to tell you, the stats do not favor him very well. Um, only one yeah, top maybe, five maybe. and two top. Only one top five and two top ten. Coming off a second place finish though last year. I mean, he. I could see him as a, as probably an underdog at this rate. Eric Amarola, another Ford driver. He's in, he's listed as an underdog. What about uh, oh, what Bubba, about Ross Chastain? Bubba Wallace Freak. is already. Bubba Wallace is already listed as an underdog. Uh, Ryan Priest could be a good argument. Um, trying to look at more of like see if we can snag one favorite or one contender into this list here um, Denny Hamlin yeah Hamlin could be a favorite for sure uh, he does have two wins at this track Um, another underdog I want to throw in. Um, you mentioned Ross Chastain. I would say a contender. Something, I think something's off with him. Either he's riding way too high and thought too high of himself from last year in comparison to this year. Um, I don't know. He could be a contender. Um, I know we mentioned earlier Chase Elliott and it's, early part of the show. Um, Chase Elliott does have the best average finish of all cup drivers with an 
in 12 races. He has three top fives, but he has 10 top tens to back it up. So there's Chase Elliott floating around. There's Ross Chastain floating around we could throw in. Amigo, Daniel Suarez is two top fives and two top tens. We could throw him as an underdog. What about Michael McDowell? Yeah, there you go. Busher or McDowell, one or the other. Busher only has one top ten at this track, and McDowell... Wow, Shastine has not recorded a single top ten at Michigan. Has a 29.8 average finish. Yikes. McDowell in 16 Michigan races hasn't even recorded a top 10 finish. A 30.4 average finish. So it's hmm. looking like McDowell and Chastain are... I at this point, honestly, I would list Chase Elliott as a contender and probably throw... Ah, uh, shoot. I, uh, you know what? I'll throw in the boat of Daniel Suarez as an underdog. Mm. Yeah, I think Are I we, think you're missing the boat of one of those HR cards. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean Chase Briscoe is probably I mean, going to run good here. Priest is going mean, to run good here. Well, the list is full. Blaney's going to run good. Well, the list is full, but we can still mention drivers. We have, since we have a couple minutes before we close out, but. Um, Briscoe has a 15.5 average finish, has not recorded a single top 10 in two starts. So, I mean, you could throw him as an underdog if you really wanted to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, we could throw the whole list of drivers, I guess, in, in somewhere in this, in this spot. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, Michigan, we've got several unique racetracks coming up that, um, you know, it's going to be kind of a crap shoot for a couple of them. Uh, I think Michigan's a big question mark. I really do. Uh, you expecting four to do good, but nine straight wins? Come on, you know. How, how can you continue that, right? I mean, really. Uh, somebody's going to try to beat them. Um, Toyota's knocking on all cylinders right now. Uh, Christopher Bell's name wasn't even mentioned. Christopher Bell has cooled off a lot. Funny to hear Ty Gibbs' name and not Christopher Bell. But I do right. have something that I want to bring to the table real quick. And I'm going to squeeze this in at the end of the episode. Um, so um, it has been brought to my attention. Um, so that, uh, maybe some... Go ahead, go ahead. So here's a bad stat that does not favor Toyota for Michigan. The last time Toyota won at Michigan was all the way back at the spring, no, fall race. I guess you can consider it the fall race, um, even though it was rain in August. The last time Toyota won was in August of 2015 at this track, and that was Matt Kenseth. <laughs> wow. Wow. A long time ago. And prior to that, said, the last time, to- and prior to that, the last time Toyota won before that, if you want to go further back, 
That is 2011 in August by Kyle Busch. Wow. Wow. And I will say this. So while Ford's won the last eight races at Michigan combined, the last, the three previous races before that was by was won by Chevy, and that is by Kyle Larson. All three of them by Kyle Larson. I was so I guess that means right. I think it was with his Ganassi days. Yeah. So that means we can we can potentially rule Toyota out as winners. I mean, we given those we re- we we could we could do that, but I I mean it's hard to take away from what Truex and Hamlin have done in the last number of races too. Right. Right. Because right. I mean, Track really, not been, those been because other than Bubble Wallace, because other than Bubble Wallace, who's listed as an underdog on our list right now. Shrek and Hamlin are the only two Toyotas we have on this list. Damn. Well, that's it. No matter what, two minutes still, fellas. What a great night, man. Glad to have everybody back on board. I feel like the show went flawlessly. I hope that it's been enjoyed uh, by those who are listening. If not, maybe we'll do better next time. I definitely feel like we did a lot better than we did last week. Uh, that was uh, a big, big mess up by my end, and uh, I apologize. Uh, but this week went flawless, and I appreciate you guys and all the hard work, um, being prepared and everything, man. It's just cool. Maybe one day we'll get Craig Moore back. I think he's uh, uh, enjoying his new endeavors, uh, being a radio host guy. Uh, tell you, I'll tell you what. Uh, he's doing a damn good job at it too. So good, good for Craig, and uh, and his uh, uh, newfound love and passion. Uh, we knew he was going to do good if he ever got that chance. I, I remember telling him when he was still in New York, "Hey, you know, yeah, yeah, you ought to make that move to Florida. You, you don't have anything to lose." And uh, I think it's worked out pretty well for him. Unfortunately, it's cut his, you know, his involvement with us down a lot. But hey, you know, we want everybody to be successful. And in endeavor. So uh, we're looking forward to having Craig back on uh, really soon. Uh, we miss you, buddy. Uh, but uh, just keep on trucking like you're doing, man. You're doing a great job. Taz, appreciate you, man. Uh, this is what, uh, year number four for you? Four or five? Taz, you've been around for you, you no longer a green horn around here. That's for sure. Um, trying to think. when I, I remember first joining on – shoot. I want to say, I think it was like 2019 is when I like partially joined. I could be wrong on that one. I would say about no, it's been a while. Three, let's say probably about three, four years, roughly. I miss, I miss Lee. You've been such a great addition. Uh, I know that you've uh, been going through a lot in your own personal life and just having you here. And uh, getting to talk to you and fellowship with you week in, week out uh, means a lot to me. I know it means a lot to you. And, and uh, just being a uh, 
um, helping the show continue on. I don't know where we would be uh, if we didn't have you uh, part of it. Uh, but uh, just keep on, uh, keep it on hanging in there. We love you, Miss Lee. And uh, I'm sorry that you're getting your ass kicked in the fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling well, you, it's you know, winter, I'm, it's, I'm it's blaming winter. that. I'm I'm blaming that, like Kaz said, on the fact that I won last year, so it's my year to slump. But thank you, and I love you guys too. <laughs> it's winner's curse. I, I will been, be. I've been down that road. <laughs> I, I'm picking Kyle Bush for the rest of the season uh, as I try to catch uh, Jason McMullen. So I think that that's my strategy from here on out. I'm just going to pick Kyle Bush and hope for the best. Um, how about that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, most of the time he picks them anyway. I know, right? Exactly. So, uh, yeah. um, have a great night. Thank you all for listening to Race Chat Live. Of course, uh, the link will pop up with the podcast page. We did things a little bit different. Um, we're going to post the uh, show links uh, when the when – the, show goes live similar to the way other podcasts do uh, most of the time you get the pod drop uh that's when the show comes out of course we've always wanted to try to get the live listeners i feel like that's just a continuous disaster to try to get the live listeners uh we need to focus back on the podcast side of things and uh you know uh if the guys decide to join us uh they'll know where to find us uh on the live broadcast so uh we're going to try this and see if it creates any stir, if it creates any difference. If it does, it does. If it doesn't, it don't. Um, I do have uh, some plans ahead to run uh, a background of our Street Stock Nationals race. I haven't decided whether or not it's going to be for the main event or if it's just going to be like a, a Friday night or Thursday night to kind of see how if, if people click on to it. Uh, but I've I have thought about taking, you know, seeing to the live broadcast uh, with an upcoming race here. It's, you know, we're rolling in our biggest time of the season here at the, at the House of Hill. So I don't know why not Motorsports Park. But uh, we'll, we'll keep our eyes open on see how that goes, and uh, I'll let you guys know uh, the final decision there. Uh, but uh, to take it from here, man. Let's close it out, buddy. All right. We want to thank everyone for listening along to Race Chat Live here on Blog Talk Radio. If you ever miss our live shows, you can always catch us in any forms of podcasts, such as Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, RSS feed, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, GeoSaven, Podcast Addict, Deezer, Podchaser, and on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, go over to the 110 Nation Ford YouTube channel, subscribe there. Uh, hopefully content will be coming out in the next few weeks. Um, I know it's been slow in the last uh, two to three weeks, but hopefully things will get back to rolling within the next week or two. We want to thank our sponsors, Make the 110 Nation Roll, Bears Bullish Market, Talk Group, Carolina Sports Plus, Yellow Caution Flag Productions, More to Music, Karaoke and Entertainment, and TNT Design. We want to thank everyone for listening on to Race Chat Live. We'll see you the same bat time, same bat place next Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. This has been the Caution Flag of Racing Radio. Chris Creighton, the Mama Bear of the 110 Nation, Miss Lee Reed. I am the Tasmanian Devil, Flagger Taz Taylor. 
saying good night. We'll see you all next week. Good night, everybody.